Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Joining me today is Lolly Adafope. Um, I'd, I'd met Lolly briefly. Um, Scroobius and I went to watch her on stage when she was a guest for Brett Goldstein's Films To Be Buried With live show and uh, and we got to to say hi at the end and, and obviously Lolly's been on Brett's podcast uh, and Scroob's podcast which uh, are both ace listens and they also happen to be on the best podcast network, Distraction Pieces Network. So big thanks to everybody over at the Distraction Pieces Network. Um, also big thanks to 76 for producing this podcast and if this is your first time listening to Off The Beaten Track then uh, once you finish listening to this one, go and have a look in the archives because you'll see about 160 episodes with some of your favourite musicians, actors, comedians, producers, DJs. Go and have a rummage because there's something for you there. And if you really, really, really like it and uh, and you want some more content, then I also have a Patreon page so you can support Off The Beaten Track uh, on Patreon. I'll put up standalone episodes each week over there and and videos and, and all sorts of stuff. So there's there's loads of stuff there if you want to support the podcast over there. Um, you can find out about all of this on um, www.offthebeatentrackpodcast.com. Let's get back to business. Please enjoy today's episode. Off the Beat and Track Podcast with Lolly Adafope. Listen up. I've only got another new sponsor. Egg Fried. It's this super cool clothing label. And if you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and, and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of Asian culture and, and the designer's kind of weird sense of humour in the mix, then you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com. Now, they do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints, as well as this, they have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all supporting the slow fashion movement. Not only that, they've given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D, save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, they've got a new kids range, and it's called Small Fried, and it's super cool, super cute. Um, and again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at eggfried.com. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me, Stu Whipping. 
We are recording. Sitting opposite me today via the means of Zoom is Lolly Adafope. Hello. Hiya. How's it going? It's going all right. It's going all right. Thank you. Um, you sent over your list of songs in advance, which is good because recently, for some reason, guests have been like, oh, I just couldn't, couldn't get them in line um, ahead <laughs> of recording. So they just sort of dropped them on me. But I've had a chance to, to listen to a few of yours that um, as yet I hadn't have uh, heard. So... Uh, yeah, you've you've uh, you've chosen some bangers. So, aside from the music and stuff, and before we get into that, have you found the last few kind of crazy months of of, of lockdown as as just as 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 you as a as a human and as a creative? Um, I think I've been going through like different phases of lockdown. So in the very beginning, it was like just sort of not doing anything apart from scrolling Twitter. And then it was like, okay, I'm not going to look at Twitter. I'm going to just try and have a nice time despite everything that's happening. And so that was when I was doing lots of baking and lots of cooking. Um, And then I was like, okay, I should use this time to better myself. So I bought a keyboard um, because I got to grade two when I was at school. So I was like, okay, I'm going to relearn the keyboard. Um, So I did that for a few weeks. haven't touched it since. Um, (laughs) and And then I think it was sort of like a home furnishings phase. Then it was like back to a stress phase. Um, and I think like I'm just starting now to be like, okay, this is what life is going to be like now. So I can sort of get back to what life was like before creatively. Yeah. Um, but it's it's definitely been like different, different little, different little phases. Yeah. Um, I literally walked past my keyboard when I come down to the studio <laughs> this morning uh, in, in my dining room, which is just getting in the way. I'm getting told off by my wife and children constantly <laughs> to just get rid of it. But I'm like, look, seriously, I'm going to learn how to play that. I mean, yeah, it's, li- it's, it's it. been there four months, Lolly. <laughs> I think I played it twice. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you think. You never know what might happen. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, let, let's, let's talk records. Um, Lolly, I want you to tell me the song that you think has got the greatest ever intro. So this song, the the original song has a very um, iconic intro, um, but I couldn't pick that because I thought that was too obvious. Um, so I picked a remix of it that I heard, and I think maybe I heard it. No, I definitely didn't hear it before I heard the original. That would be mad. Um, but it is Led Zeppelin, Whole Lot of Love, but it is the Zafoon Jones remix. Um, I don't really know what happened to Zafoon Jones. There was like a point where he was sort of like everywhere making loads of remixes, and now... I just don't hear about him at all. Um, but this is like a mix of Led Zeppelin and clips. And it's just, it's just the coolest opening I think ever. But it's it's like, I think it was on SoundCloud or something. So it's not really, it's not really that popular. It's not on Spotify. I tried to find it on Spotify mm. and uh, it is on YouTube. Yes. And, uh, and I'd never heard it before. Mm. And, uh, and I went there and uh, it's just got obviously that iconic riff yeah, but it's got a really nice click to it. Yeah, exactly. Like, that just runs throughout it, which just yeah. lifts it in this really weird little totally. way. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. So, who's that rapping on it? Uh, I think it's Clips. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of like the intro is. You kind of think of that intro as being kind of perfect, and it yeah. doesn't really need anything. And then when you hear the remix, you're like, "Oh wow, this is yeah." It's just like elevated, like a whole new thing. Yeah. No one's actually chose Led Zeppelin yet, which is quite weird because this is like yeah. probably like about the hundred and fiftieth one of these I've done, and yeah. <laughs> it's one of the most iconic intros ever, really. And I'm quite surprised yeah, yeah. that no one's 
I was ever gone for that. Did you have? <laughs> did you have any sort of honourable mentions, or did you just go straight for that? Was there anything else that was in the sort of running um, for it? Ooh. Oh, I probably did. Let me have a think. Um, maybe um, On Call by Kings of Leon. Nice. <laughs> um, just because it, it's just sort of like quite a moody. Yeah. Um, yeah, moody intro. How does On Call um, start? It's like, she said, calm now, oh, yeah. <laughs> Great. That was a great impression there. <laughs> yeah, Kings of Leon were actually up there for a lot of them, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Track two, Lily. I want to know the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you. So this is, of course, Radiohead, um, and it's the song All I Need, um, and annoyingly Radiohead were introduced to me by a guy that I fancied when I was a teenager. So it's sort of like irrevocably linked to that guy, which was a bit of a shame. Um, but he was sort of introducing me to Radiohead. I sort of like listened to them a bit, but not really like properly, um, like dived into them. Um, and then I listened to all I need and I was like, this is the most depressing, emotional, heart wrenching song I've ever heard in my life. They're well good at um, that Radiohead. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But like even for Radiohead, I think for me that's the one. Yeah. Um, and then even now when I listen to it, I'm just like, it, I mean, it's like a very sad song anyway. And then also I just think about like me trying to impress that guy, <laughs> and just like that painful, embarrassing like teenage period where you're like, oh my god, he likes this song. I like that song. That means the worst soulmates, I guess. <laughs> so if you're if you're having a sad day, Lolly, and you're feeling low, do you go and immerse? them emotions do you listen to more somber stuff and do you kind of you know sort of process the emotions like that or do you just go and stick on the greatest hits of steps and just kind of uh put put, um, put the sadness away yeah I, I think if I'm sad I will probably listen to something that's kind of like peaceful maybe maybe not sad but something that's kind of like um sort of neutral kind of uh, I listen to a lot of Joanna Newsom when I'm sad so it's, like, it's not like explicitly sad music but like mm. it's not like bouncing rave music either yeah. but I think the time when I listen to the saddest music is more when I'm just like feeling creative and I just want to be like stirred in some way um oh really yeah I think so because because it, it's like because I made a hangover playlist once which I thought was like okay this is going to be the, the playlist that I put on when I'm hungover actually it was just like quite a lot of sad music and I was like this is gonna make my hangovers a lot worse um so I think it's just music that I listen to and I'm like okay I want to I want to feel something in order to like propel me forwards creatively um and I think sad music does that for me more than happy music yeah I agree I I totally Mm. agree with that I think if I ever done a hangover playlist it'd have to be something where like every song was was the, the lyrics were such a story that it would distract me from just yes. that anxiety and that beer yeah. fear that seems to be getting worse the older I get as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, I think, like, it becomes like a psychological thing where if I always put on my hangover playlist when I'm hungover, I'm then going to hear those songs and associate it with being yeah. hungover. Yeah. And then I will feel sick when I hear Magic by Coldplay. <laughs> it is cool, though, isn't it, when... that that. Music can just like you know, you listen to 
that Radiohead track and bang, it does just mm-hmm. take you straight back to, yeah. to trying to impress this, this well. lad. It, it, yeah, completely. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. but, but do you like, because I'll hear a song and, and it'll take me back to like when I was like 15, but it mm-hmm. won't just take me back to like, it like literally, I can picture being in like someone's bedroom. I can, yeah. I can smell curos or obsession aftershave, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, yeah. it, it evokes so many things. I think that's so yeah, cool. You know exactly what you're wearing, yeah. how uncomfortable you are, and like, yeah, everything. Totally. So, what would that emotion have been when uh, when you hear uh, Radiohead, or when you first heard that? What would that emotion have been? Um, I think it's that feeling of like. You know, like when you're a teenager and you feel like you are literally carrying the world on your shoulders and nobody will ever be able to understand the pain that you feel. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like also the Radiohead are writing this song for you in this very specific moment. 100%. <laughs> and like they, like Tom York knew that I was going to go through this. <laughs> and he gave me this gift. And that's also, I guess that's like the original bond that you get with a band because you're like, thank you for helping me through this. Totally. <laughs> totally. It's like a really solipsistic, like, yes, wow, everything's coming together in my brain. Yeah. To, yeah, it's fixed my life. Tom York really gets me. He that. really does. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> so where, whereabouts was you um, then, Lolly? Where was you living? I was living in Sutton. I grew up in Sutton in South London. Um, which is like, it's technically London, but nobody really thinks of it as London. So it's just sort of that like in between where I had like cooler friends who lived in proper London who were like living their lives. Yeah. And I was sort of just like in the suburbs looking out of the window. Yeah. Wanting to be living a life that like I eventually would, but at the time I was like, this is never going to happen. Yeah. I'm never going to live in central London. I'm never going to like, um, like spontaneously go to a gig in the evening it will always be like a two-month build-up of like okay I'm going to a gig Um, yeah um yeah and just feeling like I wanted to I wanted to be like out there doing life and I couldn't because I was in Sutton and Sutton was just like boring oh we're we're, we're the same here in Essex Lolly it's like we can we can see it yeah exactly we still have to get the last train home yeah (laughs) Totally. I'm always in Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's red buses, but it's not technically London. Track three, Lolly. The song that reminds you of your time at school. So this is Green Day, When I Come Around. Because um, I went through a big Green Day phase from the ages of maybe, maybe like 14 to 16. Um, to the point that I, I would wear a Green Day hoodie and a Green Day t-shirt at the same time because I was like... The public so Green there. Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With like a long black skirt to be like, I'm a little bit goth as well, so don't, <laughs> don't judge me like it's cover. Um, but yeah, I think, again, I was like, I've discovered Green Day and they're speaking to me in every song. Um, and I like all of my like MySpace handles were like Green Day 247. <laughs> like, I was really obsessed. Um, I think I heard American like in hindsight now it's mad but when I heard American Idiot I was like whoa <laughs> this is mind blowing this is taking down the system in a way that is accessible to me and now when you hear it it's kind of like it's not cringe I mean it's a bit cringe but like at the time it was just like this is genius <laughs> yeah I get it I get it uh, I guess it is that 
I suppose if you're a kind of a teen and, and angry, then that is the ultimate <laughs> like. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you listen to lyrics and you're like, whoa, okay, I see what they've done there. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in Sutton when I had nothing to nothing real to rage about. Yeah. Like, like yeah, the system. Yeah, yeah. I'm on there. Yeah. Fuck the red buses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, how did you find uh, school, Lolly? Um, I quite liked school. I was sort of like um, the class clown, I guess. Um, uh, I went to an all-girls grammar school as well, so I think, like, me being funny was kind of not everyone was like interested in being funny basically and I was like all I want to do is comedy um so I just sort of like mucked around a lot and made funny videos with my friends um and it was like it wasn't like a strict school book because it's like an all-girls grammar school and so they were really like um obsessed with grades and people getting into Oxford and stuff um and me and my friend, like, so we weren't allowed to like go on, and maybe that's a normal thing. We weren't allowed to go on like YouTube and stuff and at lunch times. Um, and then me and my friend Claudia found this like weird proxy website where you could type in any website that you wanted and you could go via this other website. So we would like, at lunchtime, we would just like watch like Alan Partridge and the day to day and then just like <laughs> badly do impressions of it all afternoon. Um, so I, yeah, I loved, I loved school really. Um, I just wish I'd sort of like not paid as much attention to grades and stuff as my school like pushed onto us. But I mean, you don't know that when you're a teenager, you just sort of like do what you're told to an extent. Um, but yeah, I think it was just like, yeah, where I like fostered my um, interest in comedy. So did um, you, did you know what you wanted to be at school then? I knew that I wanted to like do comedy. I didn't really know what that meant though. I was just like, I would just like watch peep show and like watch comedy shows and be like I want to do what they're doing I don't understand what it is yeah (laughs) but I just knew that it was sort of like separate from acting um and I was just like okay somehow I want to like get into that world and I don't really know what the job looks like but I also just want to be like around these people did you like attention yeah but only like on my own terms I think (laughs) only when I was like doing it doing an, an accent or doing like a funny voice um so was you a show off yeah, but the the audience loved it. <laughs> it wasn't like I was like, look at me, look at me. It was more that I was like um, doing a funny thing yeah. and people were engaged with that. And I like I had my crowd. It wasn't like to the whole school. <laughs> yeah. Was you confident? Yeah, I think I was quite confident, um, especially considering like all of the weird like psychological things that going to an all girls grammar school does to you that and all the pressures that it puts on you. But I think like I had my gang um, and we all loved green day and the all American rejects and like stuff like that. And I was just like happy to like make my gang laugh. And um, I wasn't really concerned with like being popular or like anything like that. I was more like, I want to be the funny one. Yeah. Um, which I think like was very useful because if I, if I didn't have that, I, don't, I think that's like, it kind of like, um, gives you like a foundation of like, okay, this is kind of like who I am, my sense of humour. Um, and when you don't have that, it's kind of like harder to like navigate yourself and who you want to be and your like relationships and stuff. But like humour is like, okay, this is what my job, this is what I want my job to be. And also this is my personality. Yeah. So I can like mould that through my teenage years. Was the, like the more kind of creative sort of 
artistic stuff encouraged at school or nurtured? Not really. Um, I did like, I did art GCSE and I did drama GCSE, but only because I had a, like a really good drama teacher who liked me and was like, okay, like you should, you should do this. And like, she would like show me like extracurricular things that I could do. Um, but I think if she hadn't been there, then I probably would have just like done German, <laughs> like just done what, what the school wanted me to do. But I think it changed to like a science academy or something like a few years before I left. So suddenly they just like put all this emphasis on like doing science and like going to Oxford. Um, but I think like luckily I already like had like the budding, um, like humour was already like growing within me. It's like, okay, well, this is kind of the direction that I feel like I'm going in. Um, but it wasn't like an arty school, really. It was just like they, we could do art if we wanted. What was your sort of first step then from from kind of wanting to do comedy but not really knowing what it was and what you wanted to do with it mm. to, to actually kind of a, a positive step in the right direction? What was the first kind of thing you done where you just thought, oh, right, I'm starting to facilitate what I want to do here? Um, I think like really early stages was like maybe like at school I like wrote a play and I was like oh this is like a fun thing to do but I never really considered like that this could be a job um and then when I went to university there was like a group of third year students when I was a fresher who were like okay we're gonna um audition people to be part of a sketch group that we're gonna take to the Edinburgh Fringe um and then I auditioned to be in it and then I got in and then we never actually went because I think nobody really knew what they were doing um but I went to the fringe anyway, just because I was like, well, if we're not going to go as a group, then I just want to see what it's about. And then just saw loads of comedy and saw loads of people that I loved um, and was like, okay, where are these people hanging out in London? Um, And went to gigs when I got home. Um, And then after university, just like carried on going to gigs. And then I was like, I guess I can just write an open mic character. Um, And then I did that and then just sort of carried on doing that. Made friends with comedians um did an internship at a comedy production company um but I think yeah all of it just sort of came from Edinburgh really like just having like a plethora of loads of people that um whose tastes are aligned with yours um and then just sort of like following them (laughs) and stalking them to where they hang out (laughs) Lolly for track four I'm gonna ask you the first record you remember buying so this was uh, Ms. Dynamite's album. Um, I think I think before that I actually bought Bewitched as a cassette, but that was probably bought for me actually. So that that one doesn't really count. Um, but Ms. Dynamite is the first like CD that I remember like owning and playing over and over again. And it was like the time when um, you could play CDs and then like if you like fast forwarded like seven minutes at the end of one of the tracks there was like a bonus track hidden track (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and I remember being like wow this this is like magic um and you don't get that anymore you don't get hidden tracks on Spotify that's like I just realized that that's such a shame that's a really Um, good point I've never thought about them hidden tracks he's just it's not yeah yeah it can't be hidden on Spotify right exactly yeah I guess they could they could make it really long yeah but then everyone would know and it wouldn't be hidden yeah um but yeah, I, I just remember like listening to all of the songs on repeat, basically, um, and I just wanted to be her. And at she's one point, so cool, right? She's, she's the coolest. Her and Carla are the coolest people in the world. 
um, I changed my um, voicemail. I thought you message. were going to say your MySpace handle. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That, that was going to go for a long time. <laughs> um, I changed it to like some kind of like um, really horrible take on the lyrics to Dynamite, which was like, I'm just Miss Dynamite. No, I mean, I'm probably saying I'm Miss Dynamite on my own voicemail, which doesn't make any sense. Um, and then me saying, I'm not here at the phone. <laughs> And then I'm just this dynamite. Leave a message after the tone, which doesn't make sense because I should be saying I'm Lolly. But yeah, that's, that's the effect that she had on me. I was like, I am her. <laughs> I want her messages to come to my phone. <laughs> well, aside from um, the records that you was buying back then, like growing up, was there was there music on at home? Yeah, my dad has lots of records. Um, and normally, like, he would play he would play records occasionally, but, like, a lot of the time it was just, like, Radio 2, Radio 3, Classic FM quite a lot of the time, um, and then Nigerian music whenever, like, when there was, like, a party or when there was just, like, a family friend coming around. Um, lots of Fela Kuti and King Sunny A Day, um... But there was always like, yeah, there's always music playing or the TV on, um, which I think like affects me now. I always just have to have like some kind of noise. Um, whereas my boyfriend's like, no, we should have, the, surely there should be quiet in the house yeah. so that you can think. And I'm like, no, I need constant noise. I'm, I'm, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. Exactly the same. And like that, yeah. that was something that was kicked out of me quite quickly when I met my wife. And mm-hmm. because I would go to bed and like I'd just put some, normally partridge, or brass yeah. light, or something like that. Just something that would just take my mind away from, like, the, yeah. <laughs> the darkness of my own mind. But, like, yeah. something, like, funny. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or just some music, and just to distract me from anything, just so I can go to sleep. Yeah, totally. And, and, like, now, once I've, you know, met my wife, she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just going to put... She was like, what? And I was like, well, no, I'm just going to... She was like, I don't think so. And then it was just like, oh, God, hello, darkness, my old friend. I was just like laying there. <laughs> yeah. this silence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> silence is just weird. I remember when I was in Edinburgh once, I was staying in a room with my friend Paddy, and he put on the Harry Potter audiobooks at night. And I was like, okay, now that's a bit weird. <laughs> and then actually it was just like, this is wonderful. This is yeah. so soothing to fall asleep to. <laughs> I've tried the headphones thing in bed. And I just can't make it work. No, I don't think... I think that's too close to your ears yeah. as well. That's going to get into your dreams. Yeah. You need it sort of a bit distant. Hello. I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is, the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs... Just go over to Spotify and search Off The Beat and Track Podcast and you can listen to all the songs because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there, I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up and get back to the podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. See you on the other side. Track five, Lolly. The song that soundtrack your years clubbing. So, I think I didn't really start clubbing until I went to university. Where was that? Um, Loughborough, um, partly because I lived in Sutton and there weren't really that many good clubs in Sutton that um, I would have wanted to go to. Um, but I, so I went to Loughborough and I kind of thought like, okay, there's not really going to be like a cool music scene in Loughborough. And I'm just going to sort of have to make do with the like student union or like the clubs in town. Um, and then I think just before I went, I was going on like all these Facebook groups to see like, okay, what kind of like communities are there in Loughborough? Um, and I found this group called Dubra, and I was like, interesting. And it was basically like a guy called Pasquale who had set up this like whole thing that was just like club nights in Loughborough, or they would like go into like Leicester or like somewhere in, in Loughborough and just like put on these like amazing nights. And I was like, okay, this feels like the one like saving grace of the Loughborough music scene. Um and it was just, yeah, like when like dubstep like sort of came back and everyone was really obsessed with dubstep. Um, and so I would just like go to those nights and be like, okay, thank God this is here because I don't really know what I would have done in Loughborough. Um, so the song is uh, KTB, Katie on a Mission, just because that reminds me of that time when like all of that music was suddenly like coming back and yeah. everyone was so obsessed with it. Um, and yeah, it just reminds me of being in like sweaty Loughborough clubs and feeling like, or like pretending that I was like not in Loughborough because I, the music was so good and I could yeah. like feel like I was in like a club like abroad or like in London or something. Um, but yeah, just like it's like sort of like before like disclosure and people like that. But there was just like that period where um, there was just like so much of that music that was coming out um, and it was so linked to clubbing. And um, yeah, I'm just like really thankful to Pasquale for like creating this thing in a, in a university where nobody would have thought that there would something like that would exist. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, it was so amazing. It was like, Oh, this is what like the epitome of clubbing is really. It's just like this, this cool community, um, like putting on nights for each other and no one else really. And when you'd come home to some, would you go clubbing in London then? Yeah, I would go like to London and then like get the N44 night bus 
from Tottenham Court Road to Sutton uh, or like stay at someone's house. Um, but I never like broke through into like, okay, I'll just go to the clubs in Sutton. I think I, I'd like had a taste of the, the finer things in life. Yeah, with yeah. And I was like, okay, now I have to, I have to just like keep going with better clubs in London. Yeah. What did you want from clubbing, Lolly? Um, I think like every club night had to be like euphoric. It, it wasn't just like a normal sociable thing. It was like, okay, this is like, I think because I listened to so much music when I was younger and I wasn't really clubbing when I was a teenager, I was like, I want this to feel like, like the first time I heard like Faithless <laughs> when yeah. I was like 12 and I was like, yes, <laughs> like feeling like I was high because I like drank loads of Coke. Um, but yeah, I feel like every, like maybe not for the whole night, but like every time I go clubbing, I want to have like at least one moment that feels like that peak of euphoria. Um, just cause it's like, there's, n- there's nothing really else like it where you just kind of get to like completely forget about, everything else in your life um it like yeah in a packed room full of sweaty strangers it's just like yeah it's just quite unique I think are you, are you comfortable in sort of throwing yourself into that and immersing yourself in it yeah I, I mean I, I wouldn't mosh but in a, like in a club setting yeah definitely yeah yeah you're a dancer yeah I love to dance that's I think that's one of the things I miss the most about lockdown it's like nobody's dancing <laughs> Like you can still go to pubs, like, and you can still eat out yeah. and stuff, but you can't dance social distance. No. <laughs> it just it's too strange. I mean, it probably will happen at some point, but I don't know when. I, 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 I run a nightclub, and and mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, it's it's rattling around and has been for five months, and oh, wow. yeah, and I've, there's nothing, there's no signs of anything regarding mm-hmm. that happening. And... So it's in Italy, they they like open nightclubs and then close them again. And it's quite weird that they open them in the first place, I think, but also quite reassuring, I guess, that they felt like they could. Yeah, I guess so. I've seen a few kind of bits of footage of like clubs where they've put tables and chairs on the dance floor. And now you just think, oh, fuck that. Like you can't be sitting there having a pint at a table with like (laughs) faithless turned up to 11 and you just sort of sit in there it's like no (laughs) come on Uh, I did see in in Wuhan they had like like a 15,000 people party they haven't had a case since May was that that pool party thing yeah yeah it looked fucking mental yeah I looked at it I was like I can't like my brain didn't think this kind of thing would be be possible yeah but I mean if they're doing it in Wuhan, then I mean they had a much stricter lockdown there, so that's probably yeah. why they're allowed to do stuff like that. But quite reassuring as well, maybe. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we'll be back dancing by by the new year. I hope. I hope. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Lolly, a favourite song from an artist from your home county. So I went with someone from Nigeria mm-hmm. um, rather than Sutton because no idea who that would have been. Has, um, any, has anyone come out of Sutton? I mean, Brett Goldstein's from Sutton. Oh, no, he, he gets enough credit, Brett, on everything else. Yeah, that's true. Tom Davis is from South. There's lots of comedians, but I don't I don't know about musicians, really. Mm. Um, Katie Mellow went to my school, though. Right. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've gone with Burner Boy, um, and the song is Run My Race. Um, and it's just like, every time I hear it, it feels like I'm hearing it for the first time. And it's just like such an exhilarating, like song that again like just makes me want to dance 
And it's like, I've added it to my, um, I have a playlist for when I'm like trying to write scripts. Um, and it's, it's never really like a song that means anything particularly. It's just a song that like gets my brain going. Um, and basically everything by Burner Boy just like gets my like eyes like spinning out of my head. And I'm like, ooh, there could be like a cool thing with this playing in the background and then something weird could happen with the camera. Um, and yeah, there's just like certain songs that just like really get my juices flowing with in terms of like interesting things that could that I could imagine in a script. Do you, um, get, do you get visuals from music then, Lily? Yeah, but I think it's more like maybe just from like watching loads of music videos when I was younger. Yeah. So when I hear certain songs, I can imagine like an interesting thing that, I, that a character could be doing yeah. it, with that song in the background. Um, but it, it doesn't really like relate to the plot or <laughs> the story or the character or anything. It's more just like, oh, that would be an interesting bit. And then eventually I can probably like piece all of these things together to make something. Um, so if, yeah. you're, if you're walking through town with your headphones on, you're immersing yourself in some kind of film in your own mind. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Do it all the time. Yeah. All yeah. The time. Every every song I listen to, I'm like, okay, what would I do if I was in the music video for this? <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. When like you kind of walk through London and everyone's got headphones on, you know they're all doing it though. Absolutely. That's the thing. They're all pitching yeah, yeah, their yeah. own little kind of music video and film. God, <laughs> I have done I have been in that third video about a thousand times. Yes, you know, yes. I've been in Unfinished Symphony yeah. God knows how many times. hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the fear as well. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Of> <laughs> Um, all right, Lolly, it's time for your last track. Um, and it's your turn to play DJ and turn someone onto something that they may not have heard before. So for track seven, um, Lolly, can you give me a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear? So this is Anna Domino uh, with The Day Becomes the Dawn. Um, and so I haven't heard this song before. And someone made me a playlist and they put the song in. And I was like, why isn't everyone talking about this song every day? Um, I actually don't know, but maybe this is actually a very popular song that I didn't realise, but I, I'd never heard it before. I didn't know who she was either. Um, and I just like, again, it's like that kind of song of like walking around and being like, okay, I'm pretty cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just like, as soon as I put it on, I just feel like soothed and like, I don't know, like maybe it's, it's almost like I've taken like a big bong here. I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay, this is what life is about. Um, it's just like a very like, yeah, I'm trying to think of a better word than cool, but it's just like a very slick, it's, chic song. It, it's got a really good groove, yet it's got <laughs> that kind of sort of bohemian feel to it as well. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I'd, I'd never heard it, and I'd never okay. heard of that. And, mm. and I put it on, and like you, I was like, wow, this is really good. Yeah. And so Immediately, I, you hear it, and you're yeah. like, oh, it's incredible. And I, yeah. looked, I looked into her, and, and she kind of broke through in the very early 80s in New York, Mm-hmm. Uh, and kind of had like sort of critical success, mm. like the critics loved her, but I don't think mm-hmm. the sort of mainstream success really sort of took. Yeah, but, um, yeah. But have you yeah. listened to other stuff by her? I think I listened to one other song and I didn't like it as much, and I was like, okay, maybe I just won't listen to anything else, <laughs> just so that I can preserve this song as being amazing. Yeah. Um, but I will. I, sh- I should listen to more of her stuff because, I, yeah, that song is so good that, I feel like so, there'll be other stuff that resonates, I think. So how do you discover new music now? Um, yeah, it's, it's hard. Like, I listen to Six Music a lot. Um, 
I listen to a lot of like Spotify radio. So like, when they suggest stuff after the, the songs um, and I make a playlist, like I basically make a playlist every month and I just call it the name of like August 2020. And then I just put in what I'm listening to at the moment. And then Spotify will just like suggest loads of stuff that's similar. Um, but it's like very different to when I was a teenager, which was basically just like listening to Radio 1 24-7. Yeah. Um, and getting home from school and putting on MTV2 and yeah. watching that for like six hours. So was and that then- Zane Lowe time? Zane Lowe, yeah. Gonzo. Gonzo, yeah. <laughs> Absolute, like, peak of my life. Um, and also I used to, like, because I got into torrenting at a very young age, and I used to, there used to be this, um, this like, playlist that was on these torrent sites that would be called, like, the Indie Playlist, and it would be, like, 100 songs, and I would just download that every month. And then all my friends would be like, how do you know so much about, like, new music and I couldn't tell them that it's like like I'm running a business in my head <laughs> <laughs> like listening to music constantly yeah I just, just happened to be yeah, really no, cool uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't even know actually it just sort of like came to me but actually it's me like on five laptops oh brilliant well as, as we start to sort of wrap things up Lolly we, we, it appears that there's a light at the end of the tunnel for uh for the, the situation that we've all been sort of locked into for mm-hmm. for the last few months, what 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 are you looking forward to? You know, coming up as we come out of that, and what have you got planned um, as as you know as an artist? Um, I'm looking forward to doing gigs again, um, and especially like gigs outside where like hopefully audience don't need to wear masks and they don't have to be in their cars and things like that. Even if it's like a socially distanced gig, I think that will feel like the world has kind of gone back to normal, like people on like cabaret seats or wherever it could be. Um, I'm looking forward to like filming again, although like scared of, um, yeah, all of the weird protocols that are probably going to be in place. Um, and looking forward to like going to festivals again. I don't know when that will be, but like that, I feel like that will feel like, okay, the, I can I can deal with there being a virus in the world as long as I can like go to a festival from time to time yeah. and it be like relatively normal. Um, you, you mentioned Six Music earlier, and I was I was listening to Six this morning, um, and they had someone on there uh, talking to Chris Hawkins about uh, it was I, I didn't actually I think it was a Green Man Festival they used to um, promote, mm. and they were talking about um, like basically you know the impact of no festivals this year and like. But not just, you know, from a financial perspective, but just for the kind of well-being and cultural significance of, of going yeah, to a festival. Yeah, like, yeah. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, the weird, the weirdest thing for me is just sort of like getting used to a life where I never go and see music and I never go to the theatre and being like, oh, that's just what life is, that we don't get to do that anymore. Um, so, yeah, hopefully once that all comes back, it won't be like, yeah, as, as long as everyone's safe and stuff, it won't feel like um, we're risking too much to like get stuff back to normal. Um, but like in the beginning of the year, I was like, okay, news resolutions, um, go to the theatre more, go and see more live music, don't use Amazon <laughs> as much as I do. And I mean, I don't know what to do about that because all of those are completely opposite now. Um but fingers crossed, I can get those reversed. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. 
Yeah. Don't worry. I'm sure this time next year, Lolly, you'll be in a field at Reading. Both your middle fingers in the air to American <laughs> Idiot as Green Dad just tearing up the stage, mate. Don't worry. Oh, wait. <laughs> Lolly, thank you so much for your time today. It's been lovely talking records with you. Thank you so much. Oh. There you go. There you go. Lolly, wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Um, really, really good song selection. And uh, and go and check out the last track. Um, you, you can check them all out because you can listen to the playlist over on Spotify. So if you just search Off The Beaten Track Podcast, guest playlist, um, you'll probably get a, a stack of them pop up. And even if you click one, you can get the, the, the page that you can find them all on anyway. And go and listen to uh, the records that me and Lolly spoke about. Uh, I'll be back next time. Um, probably you'll get another episode in maybe three or four days' time. Um, they're coming thick and fast at the moment. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's a really good kind of um, time to be recording at the moment because loads of people uh, are still stuck in lockdown and, and, and stuck indoors and, and, and missing that kind of connection. So, um, and, and I'm one of those. So if I can uh, chat to interesting creative people and, uh, and, and reminisce and talk about you know, records that have given them joy and such, then uh, I'm all over it. So it's, you know, the, the the outcome of which is an abundance of of podcasts. So you're getting more than one a week at the moment. And uh, and I just hope you're enjoying them. Um, like I say, if you want to support us over at Patreon um, and you want to see the, the merch, you can get really cool art prints by Paul McDonald. Um, there's T-shirts and stuff available over there. You can find out about it all at offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairware Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15. B-E-A-T-1-5. And that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk co.uk official sponsors of off the beaten track podcast 
It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me, stew with him. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.